Welcome back, y'all. We're getting ready to head into part two of my conversation with my friend, Stacy Becker. I hope that you all have listened to part one. If you haven't, y'all go back and check it out. I want you to hear it because I think it sets the stage really well for the conversation that we're getting ready to enter into. If you're not already having your own conversations, I urge you to start doing that, y'all. We have got to broaden our horizons and expand our circles. There's so much power within us as women. A diverse group of women, y'all, we can take over the world. And I am seeing it now. So I urge you, start having those conversations. Be bold. Be courageous. I know it might feel a little uncomfortable, but on the other side of it, I think you're going to benefit and you're really going to enjoy what you're able to create by building those bridges. So here we go, y'all. Here's part two of our conversation. Do you want to just talk about why it's so important that we have these conversations and why you're interested in doing it? Sure. So first of all, let me tell you, it's such a thrill to be on your awesome podcast. Yes. Thank you. Also, I especially appreciate that you're really focusing on building bridges and we need to do that I have I've been really stewing a lot over where we're at right now in this country and I don't think there's any single more important thing we can do maybe even than voting I mean I know that sounds crazy Mm -hmm. but then to really start reaching out and understanding one another and this comes out of our shared understanding from human systems dynamics so I think we're in a very, very precarious moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's, if you ask me, more than the elephant in the room, I think it's the thing that is shaped and dogged and underpinned and chased us through the beginning of this country. Mm-hmm. And that this is a time of some long reckoning. And it could go in a number of different directions, which is why I think these conversations are so important because the thing that's going to hold together is exactly what you're talking about. And that is how do we find those commonalities? Mm-hmm. In your last podcast, you said we all have the same emotions. We that's do. right. We all have the same aspirations. So how do we start to understand the humanity in everybody else and celebrate the differences Um, And that's what these conversations, the only way you can do that is by taking the time to get to know people in a way that you otherwise haven't. So that's why I think it's so important. And that's why I thank you so much for doing this. (laughs) No problem. I'm I'm so happy to be able to do it. And so I've had some uncomfortable situations, and this is probably what prompted me to want to do this. Some situations at work with prior managers the first situation that happened several years ago and I don't know if this had anything to do with race or not but it could have it's made me think that maybe it possibly was racially motivated so I had a manager that did a performance evaluation for me and one of the criteria or one of the categories she rated me lower than what I thought I should have gotten and so we had a disagreement about that and so her response was well, Tamala, it's okay to be average. 
And so it made me think, you know, and, and no prior anything before that, you know, let me just set context. There was nothing, any, anything before that that was said or done that would make me believe me to believe that she might have been racist or it had anything to do with me being black. But it just bothered me because I thought, you know, if it was someone that looked like her, would she have made the same statement? Now, irregardless, it would have bothered me even if it was a black person that said it because I'm not a person that strives to be average. <laughs> but it's just something that made me, it made me think about it, but I didn't have the courage then to have the conversation about it. So we went along with our relationship, you know, and maybe it might have impacted it a little bit, but I wish, just like what we're doing now, to be able to have a conversation about something very simple just to find out where she's coming from so she can know how I feel. Then the other thing that happened uh, with another manager was, and this is probably the bigger thing, just completely different socialization and personality and so everything that she likes her borders and her boundaries around her life were didn't seem to have any really and so when she would interact with me the expectation was or maybe the assumption was that I'm the same way and so when I put up this draw this line it became a problem and then it got into other things that made me assume that in some ways she was jealous of me, you know, because conversations were that we'd had before were, I want you to be able to grow and do X, Y, and Z. And then when the opportunities were presented and then I'd want to do it, then she'd try to pull back. And I thought it was because I'm not being that open, embracing, huggy, touchy, tell you all about my life kind of thing. So, and I'm not don't want to generalize but the white women that I have come in contact with I'll say most of them have been very open in about their lives without having that relationship established of trust and so that's something that's been puzzling to me and it may not be true for you but what do you think about that oh man you you raised so many um so many things my mind is uh, twirling, all a twirl. Um, let me go back to your first example, um, because that's raising something very um, front and center for me. Of course, it's impossible to really know what was going on in that situation. Sounds like it certainly could have been a racial bias. Um, and. I'm trying to think about in the moment, what might I have done? Because a couple summers ago, I was um, in a family situation where someone said something that was just, it made my jaw just drop. Mm -hmm. But you know how your mind can go around really fast and in a split second, you have all these thoughts. Mine went, well, he either doesn't know what he's talking about at all, or he's really racist. And if he's really racist, how am I gonna have a conversation that can bring him out of that viewpoint right so I dropped it and on my way home I thought no you cannot drop those conversations Mm -hmm. and so I was thinking that of of your manager (laughs) like if she really was well how would you have approached her in a way that she could have been open to seeing that 
Mm-hmm. And this is so tricky. This is what you and I practice every day in the morning. This idea of inquiry and asking questions out of genuine curiosity and wanting to know and wonderment rather than ugly assumptions.、Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying that because you're racist, right? To which people are going to get really mad. Right. 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 Have those skill sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, generally, I mean, I'm learning them just now as we as we practice them, and how important they are. I think to these kinds kind of conversations. So that was a tough tough situation for you. On the boundaries question, I mean, I'm an introvert, so I'm probably not the right one to answer this, but I have often found the same. I'm like, people babble, babble. They tell you everything. In many cases. <laughs> I just like really don't care,、um, <laughs> and there's this weird thing, almost like a, a false sense of intimacy. Like somehow,、yes. I tell you everything, then we're best buddies, or then that's okay. And it's almost like a substitute for really real revelation about oneself and real exploration and real sharing. And I. Not a psychologist. Maybe I'll have to look that up and see if that might be the case. But I experience, as you do, that that same kind of thing, and it annoys. <laughs> I don't know if it, you didn't say it annoyed you. It annoys me. Well, you know what? Yeah, I didn't say that, but it does. It really does. And I I like how you phrase it. It is. It's that. False, I think you said false sense of intimacy, and honestly, it has nothing to do with because they don't look like me. It could be someone; they could be my my twin sister. If I don't know you and I don't have developed that relationship, because I think the trust has to be there. And something that that I heard, I love Brene Brown. So she said something like several years ago. I heard her say she probably says this all the time that. People have to be able to bear the weight of your story, and yes, so yeah. So when I think about, especially some people share some dark and heavy, you know, private stuff, and you're just okay with just letting this float out in the world, and you know, because those things, it's it's energy, and I want if I'm going to share something like that, I need it to be going and flowing to someone. That can handle it, understand it, process it, and know what to do with it. And so, not having that happen is just, it just really bothered me. But again, you're right about the conversations. Because if I go to my manager in the wrong spirit, you know, in the height of the moment when I'm feeling those feelings, you know, because we have to, we got to tread lightly, you know, and so.、Oh. In the heat of the moment, it's just not the time to be able to to talk like that. And I probably back then didn't even have the skills to be able to do it in the right way. I think I do now. And but I am a person that I can have those tough conversations for whatever reason. I guess I've I've learned how to be able to accept that and talk about things that are uncomfortable, things that how I feel, and you can tell me how you feel. I've evolved into that without being all defensive about it, but I, I didn't start out this way. But so、no. let me turn the tables on you for a moment.、Um, so、um, I have worked with some marvelous black women and have、um, 
maybe I was projecting, but felt the, the opposite, like mm-hmm. a, a barrier, like in between trying to, like they were, they were great, they were highly professional, everything was copacetic, cool, working with them, mm-hmm. but I was, I think they were sisters, what made it even harder, ah. so this close relationship, and it, somehow, it was like there's an energy field there, or something where I felt I dare not try to get too close or mm-hmm. dare not try to be a friend with them. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I really wanted to because I thought mm-hmm. they were really cool. Mm-hmm. And what I assume is I would be really wary if I were a black person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just would. Um, there, it, Through history hasn't been a lot of a reason to be able to trust mm-hmm. uh, white people. So I totally get it. But maybe I'm making some really wrong assumptions here. Well, I, you know, if I just had to guess, I would say, just like I was saying, doesn't matter what they look like. You know, I have, there's some people in my circle of friends, you know, so we have circles within circles. So me and, and, you know, I'm just going to call this person, uh, let's just say Pam. I'm just making up a name. So Pam and I are really cool. But then Pam also has another friend that she hangs out with. And so then when the three of us get together, it's kind of odd because it's Pam and this person and then me. There's no us mingling together. And so when, when Pam has that other friend around, the other friend, they draw a boundary over here. So yeah, Pam and Pam and, and Susie are gonna go do whatever on a trip, road trip, and they don't invite me, but because I don't fit in with their dynamic, and so how they interact and how they get along is vastly different from the way she and I get along and the conversations that we have. So when you say that, I'll just say in my own experience, I do have relationships with friends in one circle where my relationship with them is different than the relationship they have with other people. How I show up with them might be different. How I show up with you might be different than how I show up with someone else. So it's not always, in my opinion, always a race thing. I think it's just a, well, do we gel personality? Do we want, is this a click that we got going on and we don't want anybody else in? That's you just you just gave me a, a realization. So that makes a lot of sense to me what mm-hmm. you said, and especially if you're coming from a culture that we just described, where everybody talks to everybody and it's open and you pretend. So mm-hmm. I come from Minnesota, the Minnesota nights, where people pretend to be your friends, but it is pretending. They'll turn around and stab you in the back. They're very oh. uh, um, passive aggressive. Wow. So. That's my mindset, right? Mm-hmm. I, then I can see how I would misinterpret, because uh, that's what I'm used to. Even if I don't like it, mm-hmm. I could see how I could misinterpret what's happening in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what what is it about Minnesota that what you talked about how how they treat their friends and what's what's so special about how they do it? Because I'm sure that happens, you know, other places, but it it does. There was just. Um, So there's something called Minnesota Nice, and people who aren't from Minnesota, and some people expanded to Midwest, but if you go into like Wisconsin and Iowa, they'll say, but Minnesota's especially bad. It's a uh, 
surface friendliness where people are very cheerful and they're openly friendly but their social circles are very closed mm. so i went so i don't live in minnesota anymore but for years uh i would and you can tell people who aren't from minnesota so i would ask you know wait staff or whatever hey are you from minnesota no and they go well what do you think about minnesota and they would always <laughs> say it's very passive aggressive um and fake friendly and so what happens is people will say it's very hard to break into social circles there they'll be nice to you and friendly but they won't ask you over to their house for dinner they won't ask you to the party they're having mm-hmm. it's very close socially mm-hmm. and at a work level what happens is people smile and pretend to go along and then they go undermine you and do whatever they want to do mm. so it's um not happy <laughs> now, <laughs> i i had a hard time with it um uh, so i think what it is okay i, I think i've talked I don't remember which episode, but I think I've talked at some point, even if it was just minimally about people who are passive aggressive, that just, that drives me nuts too. I would rather you just be who you are. Ignore me. Don't speak or, you know, whatever it is, then, then try to pretend because I'm, I'm not a person that, that pretends, but we talked about human systems dynamics. What I love about it is the community is so welcoming and whether they know you or not i mean because people are all over the country literally in the world in the world right all exactly all over the world and so this has been my first uh, exposure to people like this and we were able to do it every day join in on a call share a wicked issue and for those of you who aren't familiar with human system dynamics there's a lot of theories and models that you can look up. But one of the things that we do in our daily sessions that last for a half an hour, individuals are able to share what they call a wicked issue, which is something that is impacting them. It could be a big issue, societal issue, a personal issue. And then we're basically acting like we're giving them some guidance about things to think about. So we don't offer advice, we just ask questions. And just that whole process, it's making me think about we can use it in so many different ways in life, in our in our families. Because even within my own family, I just had a conversation with my mom yesterday. You know, I have my grandmother that turned 90 and my grandfather, who's I think he's 93 now. So the way that they communicate is vastly different. They're closed off about things. They don't want to talk about their finances. You know, they're older now. They don't want to let you know what they have. Do they have a will in place? You know, everything's guarded. And so when we talk about race and stuff, even within your own, you know, some stuff is just guarded just because. But it's frustrating, you know, for me and my family because there's things that we do need to talk about. I mean, we've had some some major losses in the family, some deaths in the family. And so the pain and grief and all of that, it just makes me think about not just race, but there's just things that we just don't have the courage to have these conversations. And it holds us back from being who we really want to be, you know. And the thing I really learned from these daily sessions is 
when you ask into, when you wonder about something, you begin to realize um, a couple of things. One is all of the assumptions that we make about what's going on that we really have no idea about. There's so mm. many things about this problem that we really don't know, but we, we, um, our go-to is to quickly be able to assess something and move on. And so we make all these assumptions that may not be true. Um, and also how, how these same problems, like sometimes people will come with personal problems and they will have very direct connections to what's happening larger in society. And so how much we can learn and how much we all care to be parts of one another in mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. In things play out even though it might not have been my situation for today wow that certainly sounds familiar in some respect right it's really a way of kind of opening like these conversations that you and i are having opening your eyes Mm -hmm. to the modern world Mm -hmm. and and so when i think about that i think about the conditioning the habits the templates all these things that we form and sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it you know and I had something I got to share this because I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast and I haven't shared it within HSD within the group so my neighbor who lives directly across from me I can throw a rock and hit his door our doors are perfectly aligned I've lived in this house for nine years and not once has he ever looked my way acknowledged me waved nothing him his wife and they have a, a a daughter who's I think maybe in high school now so nine years of that I've gotten accustomed to it so I don't even try to do anything it is what it is so my mom and I were outside when it was you know a nice day we were outside in the front yard trying to lug a big flower pot from the front of the house all the way to the back to the patio and so we were lugging it and I heard him, you know, open his door because I always, but I'd never turn around because I know we're not going to do any interaction anyway. So I didn't even turn around. And then all of a sudden I heard him say, do you need any help with that? And I almost fell over because here we are not literally nine years. He has never, he, in fact, he has gone out of his way to the point, Stacy, where he will sit in his vehicle if I pull up and he's just pulling up, he will not get out of his out of his car until I go inside, or whomever is visiting me goes inside or they leave. So anyway, he said that, and then he came over. He had the dog. My mom started. I'm just like in shock. So I'm just literally just standing there, like, what? I can't believe it. And he's a, he's a <laughs> okay. Anyway. He's a person that has a job where he helps people. Like, I'll just say that. And so my mom started talking to him and he told her all this stuff. And we talk about boundaries. I got a part-time job. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Blah, 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 blah. Kind of tired. You know, he shared all this stuff. And it was like he was a different, who I imagined him to be with his energy and all of that was vastly different. And so I was shocked about it, but, you know, so then a few days later I saw him and I just kind of waved and he, he did the head nod thing. But so I talked to my mom and I just, after I was like, I just can't believe that he did that. You know, I'm just amazed. I'm like, what happened? And then my mom said, well, I prayed about it. And so I was like, you did? And she, she said, yeah. I said, like recently? She said, yeah. 
So that's the explanation for the sudden change. And back to where we started, how important that is right now mm-hmm. in this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I had certain assumptions about him, you know, like I said, with with the profession that he's in, you know, I'm thinking, well, you're supposed to help all people in this role. And so, and I've not done anything. Now, granted, I'm not the neighborly person, you know, let's all come over and barbecue, but I'll wave and, you know, that kind of thing. But he just was just totally closed off to it and just so surprising to me. But I'm happy, you know, I'm really happy about it because I, I want to have that peaceful, environment where you don't feel like like you're not welcomed here you know you know I um I was the head of the public works department in in St. Paul and I once got this call from this woman she was very angry because the neighbor kept watering his lawn and it was making her sidewalks wet (laughs) was you know he was um disabled so I think she was afraid of slipping oh um but she was very angry and I said well did you talk to him about it she goes I couldn't do that I go well why not and I don't know whether there was race or whatever going on I have no idea Mm -hmm. she's like no I could go and I'm like well why not she goes oh you know can't you do something and I'm like so you want the taxpayers to send somebody out (laughs) Because you're afraid to talk to your neighbor. I go, maybe you should just like bake some cookies and leave a little bow and then next time and give them. And the next time you see them, just say, hey, by the way, you know, I'm disabled. And when my sidewalk's wet, I don't ever know. I never heard mm-hmm. from her. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know what happened, but <laughs> that, that thing that makes us so afraid of others. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, another thing that makes comes to mind. So when I'm telling my mom, because I talk to my mom a lot. So when I'm telling her stories about things that happen and, you know, it'll be something about another person. I always say, if they're not black, I always say, oh, it was a white lady or a white guy. And so my mom is always like, why do you need to tell me? <laughs> you know, and it's I'm not saying it because it's a racist thing I'm just trying to put to paint a picture of who it is but she has always been like I don't understand why that even matters but so we have a difference there but just simple things like that someone could take that as well make the fact that you're describing who it is or their race that you got some type of problem no I don't I just feel like I need to tell you well, that. because it was used or still is used that way for a long time right. right right so but in your experience like say for instance if you were telling a story about something do you ever have or when would you ever feel the need to say well it was a black woman or it was a black guy or Hispanic you know, or... I've been, yeah I've become very conchy I always get those two words I'm very aware of that lately uh-huh. and and sometimes when I'm reading news stories, I'll wait and see what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. in some of them, I always go like, oh my God, I hope it wasn't a black person. Just because mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter and everything going on, I'm just like, oh, that'll just, please, Lord, let it not be a black person. Yeah. Um, and um, 
and and I'm finding that often it's like several paragraphs down now, mm-hmm. and so same same kind of thing. Like if it really matters to the story、um, mm-hmm. earlier on, but if it doesn't, and it turns out just then, you know.、Mm-hmm. Well, I I I'm, I'm talking to too, right? Right, right. It does. Well, I'm trying to be more mindful about. You know how I, how I assume things because even in certain industries and professions, so I like to see people who look like me at work in leadership, and you know don't we all? So we like to see that, but there are some industries that sometimes it's that way because there aren't any of people who look like me who are even applying for it. So I think oftentimes we think that okay we're not getting a chance, but well sometimes we're not getting a chance because none of us are even interested in that particular thing in that segment. So we can't always just assume okay well we don't have a black aerospace aeronaut you know just I'm making up something. Well maybe we're not even interested in that, but. Then that also thinks makes me think about: Are we doing something to try to attract or recruit folks to be interested in it? So there's so many different dynamics with this race thing, you know. And you know, it's something I went through for many, many years in my career as a woman, because I was I was always in these fields where I was like the only woman,、mm-hmm. um, or the first woman, or whatever, and.、Um, And then back to your first story as well. That there was a period, and I don't know if it's lessened, but where the few women who kind of made it would be very, very hard on other women, and it was kind、yeah. of like this. Well, I made it, and I had to sacrifice. So now you're going to sacrifice in order to make it, and it was very disheartening. Yeah. So I see that too. I, and that that's something else that really bothers me, and I don't understand it because they often say. This about black people that black people are really, especially if we make it up to leadership, we're really, really, really hard on people that look like us. But if they don't, then you know, life is just peachy keen, easy. Have you experienced that? I haven't, but I've heard a lot of people that have said that, and so. But I would, it would make me wonder this because we've had such a hard time. You know, navigating and getting in the room and all of that. I would have to to focus on the individual because sometimes, and and I might even have done this when I was a supervisor too. Not to the point where I'm making it uncomfortable, but maybe being a little hard harder on the individual because we got to be smarter, we got to be better, we got to be faster. So in terms of that, maybe putting that kind of Pressure because this is real. Once, even when you're not working with me, this is how the world is. But that's one thing. But when you're just deliberately trying to make it harder, and like like you said, women doesn't even have anything to do with race. That's a whole other conversation, and I don't understand that either. Why are we so easy on men? And because I've seen this happen, and especially if. And I'm just going to talk about. Yeah, I know. I know, but 
it is. It just makes me. I don't. I don't understand why we're that way. So tough on each other and give each other a hard time, but a guy just comes along and it's just like, okay, let's roll out so, the red carpet. <laughs> does it have something to do with the way moms raise their sons? Yeah, well, maybe. Your daughters? Maybe. That could be. But you're right. I'm, I'm not going to go there because that's a whole other thing. But. <laughs> But this has been. Is there anything else, Stacy, that you can think of that you want to know about black people, women, that you can think of that we didn't already talk about? That's really pressing. Um, I am wondering, and I. I'm not assuming you can speak on behalf of all black people or black women, but in this moment, in this moment, which I do feel is a very precarious one for our society and our culture, how are you feeling? Do you feel hopeful? Do you feel scared? Do you feel, um, what, energized, worried, all of the above? Well, it's actually two things. So I feel very hopeful because, again, these conversations that I've never been a part of before, they're happening. But I am, I guess I'm shocked in a way because so in the city where I live, we have a black mayor. And the black mayor that we have is getting all of this because of this mask mandate. He's getting all of these threats and stuff that he probably would not have been exposed to because people, business owners, are pissed off. Yep. That they're, and so they try to recall him. And so I'm seeing things like, say, for instance, there is a murder with black on black crime, you know, it happens. So someone would post something on social media and say, well, let them all perish. So it's a white person saying this about black people. And they're, they're sending pictures of nooses and just all of this stuff. And so, you know, this stuff has been around forever. It's not anything new, but it's the fact that people are still, you're that comfortable here still in 2020 to be able to say that and in, in boldly, you know. So while I am hopeful because we're doing what we're doing and, you know, there are people that are trying to focus really on diversity and inclusion and equity we still got this other segment and it's it's like they're fully they're not hiding it there's no passive aggressive you know so i'm not worried but that that's just it's really sad and disappointing that there are still people like that and how do you reach those kind of people because you don't know who you're living next door to like i talked about thank you i um the reason I asked was, well, the answer you gave kind of, I was curious about that, but I do think that we've, you're right. I mean, that sentiment, it's always been there, right? But mm-hmm. we made it lately okay. Space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I worry about. And I worry that this is going to be a... Uh, that those folks who would be threatened mm-hmm. by people of color are going to be especially threatened um, because of you know every every 
protest, you know, the more this stuff becomes visible and we start talking about it, the more they feel threatened mm-hmm. and they worry about the backlash a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's just a two back and forth, you know. And but I'm hoping that the good will outweigh outweigh the bad. And if we continue to have these courageous conversations, then maybe we can, you know, knock down some of that stuff. Because you know, like we said, this stuff has been long-standing, and it's time for it to go. It really is. And I'm I'm gonna do my part to build a bridge. So that's all really we can do, right? You know, we got to focus on ourselves. It's true, you're, you're um, making me realize. So I'm running for common council in my little tiny town where I live. And we're very progressive in this town, but there are quite a few Trump supporters around. Mm-hmm. And I realized my version is I need to be able to have conversations with them. Yes. And um, I'm trying to gear up my wherewithal Mm-hmm. To be able to have the kind of conversations that we were talking about, mm-hmm. like try not to go in with too many assumptions um, and stay open-minded. And I'm nervous about that, frankly. You are really. Yeah, so- because I think I can start that way, but if the conversation goes like I assume, and I know that's the first part, I have to put the conversation <laughs> aside. I think I might like lose my resolve really fast, mm-hmm. and so I have to find that. Um, Maybe compartmentalize or something. Yeah, I don't. You're but right. Maybe it's assumptions. Well, I mean, you won't know until you get there. But right. as we know, we talked about walls and boundaries. There are some people, no matter what you say, it is what it is. You're gonna keep hitting that wall because they don't want you to be able to get past it. But I'm glad that we are who we are, though. We're part of a community that's that's open and welcome and inclusive for everybody so if we keep doing what we're doing maybe some of that will spread over to everybody else and we can truly begin to build the bridges that that connect us and there's so much energy and creativity that can come out of all of this all of us can benefit from it yes that's my hope too and um thank you again tamala for having these conversations and spotlighting them on your marvelous podcast thank you stacy and i would love for you to be able to come back and join us anytime we can talk about men oh yeah let's <laughs> let's do that two experts let's do, exactly right they all want to join in for that conversation oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much stacy Hey y'all, thank you so much for listening to part two of episode 31, Can Black Women and White Women Peacefully Coexist? I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something from it. I hope you gathered something new that can fuel you for your own conversations. We're going to continue to talk about it here on Gumbo Nights. So stay tuned y'all. Make sure that you continue to listen, like, comment, share, and subscribe. And whatever you do, Join us right here for the next episode and continue to be engaged and stay engaged, y'all.